This is something from Kabir. If you want the truth, I will tell you the truth. Listen to the secret sound, the rich, real sound which is inside of you. The one no one talks of speaks the secret sound to himself, and he is the one who has made it all. Good old Kabir. Yeah, he is getting kind of old now. <laughs> it's almost a good place to start. Mm-hmm. As we've heard from time to time in here, it's often spoken. As we do our 10%, God walks with us through the 90. So we come right back always to that action of meditation in giving 10% of our time to God. And the wonderful thing is when we simply give 10%, that are the 90%, not just in the physical 24 hours of the day, but also in all the rest that goes on on the inner worlds, that we open the doors that spirit can walk with us and walk us through all the different realms of consciousness to literally live with us 24 hours a day in every single world. And if you can just remember that, if anything, that's always the last thing we like to leave everybody with before we ever leave anywhere. It's the whole reason really behind even doing the experience in the divine workshops that we've done over the last couple weekends here to give that opportunity in the mornings as we've done it just to do the meditation for 10% of the day. Because we know there's not many of us that really find the time or work the time in or sometimes we find that maybe we feel like we're unable to really do two and a half hours of meditation a day, especially in one sitting. It's so funny because I find that often within myself and within many people that they can find themselves do an hour or maybe even an hour and a half. But some reason after that hour, hour and a half, something kind of brings us back present. We don't even know what it is. And sometimes we think, okay, maybe it's spirit. Maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm supposed to get up. And then our mind gets going, the body gets antsy. We seem to have some pains going on. So we tend to get up and leave our meditation at that point. Well, one of the things I'm going to suggest until we meet again in the physical is to begin to stretch yourself. Begin to stretch yourself. See if you can begin to find your way beyond that hour or hour and a half or whatever it is for you. Even if it's just adding on another 10 or 15 minutes to give yourself the opportunity. This is not a have to or an obligation. This is truly an opportunity. And I just can't say that enough. And I know at times we feel like it's a lot or we feel like it is a real stretch. But I can't say enough that if you're willing to take the opportunity, the benefit that you receive from it is just amazing. The wonderful thing is it's not only in spirit, it's actually in this world too. In this physical world, spirit walks with you as you open that door to allow it in more and more. That you give the opportunity for the loving to truly live in you and through you into even this physical world. 
to assist you in moving through your physical karmas as well as the astral, causal, mental, and etheric karmas. It was wonderful. I was just talking to somebody before we began, saying they were just um, experiencing some physical disturbance. And they spent the time in meditation. And as they did, that loving came in and actually moved the disturbance away physically so they could get up and participate. I found that to be true too. It's funny, years ago, when I didn't have insurance or couldn't afford doctors, I'd spend hours, if I'd start to feel myself getting sick or something coming on physically, I'd spend hours in meditation. And that loving would just move and it would actually affect me physically. Now, I'm not saying to look to the loving just to heal all your ailments and go for spiritual healing now. I'm just saying that spirit can support us in the physical as well as all the other realms in the spiritual. But we have to give it the opportunity. And so by truly giving that time of 10% a day is when we really now open the door fully for spirit to walk in our lives with us, in us, because of us, through the day, whatever. And it can truly begin to transform all the situations we find ourselves complaining about, upset about, stuck in, trying to reason away, trying to understand, trying to change. All of it, it just all comes in. And it begins to change just because you let the loving in. That's the amazing thing. Just because you've opened the door wide enough by taking the time to really let the loving in fully, that it really can begin to even transform your physical life. I know we say over and over, this isn't about the physical. This is about your spiritual awakening. And that's true. I'm not saying anything different right now. I'm just sharing a little bit more of what goes with your spiritual awakening. But this isn't the reason to do it for these physical things. Unless, of course, it is for you. And that's fine. If it is, well, heck, why not? Do it for spiritual healing. If that's what will motivate you to spend 10% of the day in loving with God because you want a spiritual healing of some kind, go for it. At least it's getting you to do 10% of the day. Because the thing I do know, even if we do it for reasons of maybe physical wanting something, if we want to be healed or we want something to happen in our lives, or we want some kind of inner experience, whatever, even if it's not about the loving, or if we do it even out of obligation, it's that we do it. And the thing I do know is that that loving, regardless of what you're running inside of you or the reasons why you're doing it, eventually is going to permeate through all the levels of your consciousness and transform it all. And eventually you'll find the real reason, the real purpose of why you really wanted to do this meditation to begin with. I didn't start out wanting to wake up to God and the loving. I started out because I wanted to have psychic experience. See what ESP is like. Have an out-of-body experience and go astral traveling. That was all my motivation. It got me started. It got me started. And that's all it takes. Whatever the motivation or the reasoning. 
I know we say all these things in here, so many different things. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's really just simply being in the loving. And that's the truth. But you may have other reasons. And I want you to know whatever your reasons are, it's really okay. Just because Jim and I say all, all this other stuff doesn't make anything else wrong. All we're trying to do is give you the clarity and the understanding of the truth of what this pathway and this action of meditation is about. That's what we're doing. But just because we say something, don't assume it means we're saying something else is not or is so. We're just trying to give clarity to this pathway so that as you move into it, you awaken to that greater truth. But I know a lot of the things we share, people get disturbed with. You guys sometimes get upset. I'm just saying you guys, I mean in general, anybody. I get upset. Jim gets upset. We all do that. But to remember, it's not a specific thing. It's an essence. It's a beingness. And we all have our own personal motivations and wants and needs. And it's okay to honor those and respect those, regardless of what Jim and I say. Don't try to make it the words we say. Go for your experience. Go for your awakening. Because it's going to be a little different than the words we share. Then you give yourself the freedom. That's what this is about, to give yourself the freedom to do this because you want to do it for the reasons you want to do it for. We just try to give the what and the how. You can come up with the reason why, the purpose, what it is you want, your intentions, and let it unfold. I say that because, like I shared earlier, how I started this journey. I wasn't the least bit interested in loving in God. Are you kidding? Get away. Thought I was all this religious, shove it down my throat type of stuff. You know, Bible thumping, all this. That's what I always thought about religion and spirituality. I don't want anything to do with that. When I started hearing all this metaphysical and psychic phenomena, I go, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Because they didn't talk about God and spirit and all this. They talked about all this other stuff. So in other words, I was comfortable with that. I moved into it. But then as I did, it started opening up all these other parts of myself. So in other words, all I'm saying is, in meditation, we make ourselves available, regardless of the reason we think we're doing it or what we think we want. If we open up in loving, the loving is going to transform us regardless of what we think, feel, say, or do. And that's the wonderful blessing. Sometimes you're going to get exactly what you want and other times you're not going to get at all what you want because it's really the unfolding of the spirit within. It knows what's perfect. It knows what's really best for us. And in meditation, we're awakening to that. We'll discover that as we move along. You may have a whole certain mindset now and a few years from now, it may be very different. It was for me. And thank God it was, because life's a lot better now. Life's a lot easier. It's easier to live when you have more acceptance, when you have more loving, when you have more freedom or understanding, rather than it has to be a certain way. But you see, the Spirit will transform us from the inside out. 
regardless of our motivations or what we truly we think we want. It just boils down to simply taking the time and doing the action of meditation and letting it transform you and unfold you day by day, moment by moment. And over time, you'll see your life change in wonderful ways. But sometimes those wonderful ways tend to have a little struggle or pain in them too. That's often what we go through as life changes and things seem to be taken away. That's what it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? We don't feel like we're letting go. We feel like it's being taken away. I know. Because we're not necessarily consciously choosing. But every time we sit down to meditate, we are making a conscious choice. We're saying, okay, Lord, I'm letting you in. And with that comes thy will be done. Here's my will and what I want. And God, that'd be great if it can happen that way. And if it's not, that's not. You don't even have to worry. It'll transform all by itself. You see, the more we allow it to just unfold, however it is, the more gentle the process is. It doesn't have to be that hard. When it's hard, it's because we're making it hard. We're struggling with it. We're trying to get our way and not just allowing things to be the way they are. And that's the challenge we all go through in this journey. But if you want to make it easier on yourself, really take the time and the devotion to be in the loving. That's all meditation is. We're not trying to do something in meditation. meditation. We're simply trying to move into the being of loving. In truth, meditation is not an action. But you see, sometimes we think it is or it feels like it is. And so in that, it's like, well, another thing i got to do. We already have enough in our lives going on. So we'll tend to rebel or pull back or resist it. Rather than actually looking at it in the truth that it is, is really just to be in relationship with the divine. Just like you're in relationship with anything in this world, another person, a pet, your garden, your work, it's a relationship. It's no different. Just like anything in this world that you like or love, you like to spend time to develop that relationship, whatever it is. This is no different. It is exactly the same. And the time in meditation is simply time with God. Take the word meditation off if you want. Take the word liberation off. Take the word karma off. Take the word lessons off. Take all the words of responsibility off. Take off LAF. And just look at it as time to be with God. Because that's what it is. All this other stuff we talk about is a lot of what unfolds in the process. So you might try to share the details so that as it unfolds in your life, you go, oh, okay, let me participate. Let me move with it. If we didn't give that, a lot of times... We'd hold back in resistance and fear because we're not sure what this is that's happening within ourselves or around us. So we give detail to help bring some peace or comfort to any fears or disturbance because as we open up more and a lot of loving in, it can be scary. All this love, oh my God, loving can be scary? Yeah, if you're not used to it. 
you're used to all these things that have created separation all this time. Anything other than that is pretty uncomfortable. So as we move into this time of loving with God, see, I'm already changing it instead of saying meditation. So as we move into this time and loving with God, we're not used to that loving. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. So realize that if you're one who finds like, okay, I want to do the two and a half hours. I want to go for it. And after an hour, hour and a half, you just can't seem to do it and you got to get up and move around, finish the meditation. Let that be okay. And keep going anyway. Go ahead, get up, move around, use the bathroom. Come back, do the rest. Or wake up, come more present. Let your mind run around for a little while. And then go back into the meditation. It can really be that simple. But you see, as we get uncomfortable or antsy, the mind will give us reasons of we need to handle all these things or you're done for now. It's spirit telling you that and you're sure of it. It'll come up with all kinds of reasons. But you can make new choices. You can give it a new reason to continue meditating. Oops, said that word. You can give a reason to continue spending more time in loving with God. Start to transform your practice of meditation. Begin to look and realize what it really is, what it's really for, how it's really serving you. Don't look at it as some activity you need to do. Look at it as time you want to do of loving. And you'll begin to find what I'm talking about, if you haven't already, that as you really allow more of that time in the loving, how it really can begin to transform and shift not only your consciousness inside, but everything, even in your physical life in the world. And you give yourself more opportunity to open that door so you can have more inner experience. I know everybody would love to have these out-of-body experiences and go into the purple light and see all these other realms and meet God face to face. And you will. Sooner or later, you will. Whether it's this life or another, or whether it's this lifetime or whether you, when you leave the body, you will. But you give yourself a lot greater opportunity now by taking the time now to focus on the loving now out of a true, sincere desire. And it can feel like a great depth of devotion. That's the loving that we have. And then this word even discipline and the word discipleship, it's not really a discipline when we enter into it the way I'm describing. Discipline is when we think we've got to control the body or the mind. Okay, thoughts, stop. Okay, body, you're sitting here two and a half hours. That's discipline, right? We're going to make ourselves do it. That's often how we associate it. But really, if we can look at, is this time to be with God in loving, in devotion, in focus? Again, just like any relationship, if we focus into it, we're very present, right? You know, if you've ever been in a conversation and you're trying to communicate something with somebody and they're looking around, you go, look in my eyes. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Because you know they're not giving you attention, right? 
Maybe God's doing the same thing to us. Look in my eye. <laughs> and we're like, no, no, no. I want to go play. Get some food. Give me my cigarette. Let me get some coffee. Let me go get my candy. Well, aren't these the things that we often will distract us from doing two and a half hours? Think about it. All these things that run even this physical body, just like animals or little kids. We have all of our addictions, and they will run us. Guess what? Your two and a half hours in time and loving with God is also an opportunity to begin to break your addictions. Believe me, if you can sit or lay down, whatever you want, two and a half hours, if you can't go an hour, hour and a half without your caffeine or your sugar or your nicotine or whatever it is, realize how those things run the body and how they also get in the way of that greater depth of loving. That meditation gives us the opportunity to experience. And begin to look at what you want more. Do you really want more of that loving and experience of the divine or not? And realize that as you choose that loving in greater ways and spend more time in it, all these things and addictions and whatever in the body is going to fight like hell to keep you from going for the full 10% of the day. It's just what it does. Realize that's part of the process and realize those parts of ourselves will play the game saying, oh, you're done, hour, hour and a half. Good job. All right, let's go have our cookie. Let's go have our coffee. Let's go have our tea. It can be anything, you guys. It can be any substance. Whether you call it addictive or not, doesn't matter. So realize there's going to be a little battle that goes on, is what I'm saying. But you see, if you realize it's part of it, well, let part of your time in loving be not only loving God, but loving all that God is inside of you, including all these little things that kick up. Let the loving in, just like you'd love a child or a pet. Don't you sometimes with your pets or children say, nope, you've had enough. Nope, calm down right now. Nope. There's a time and place, right? It's a lot easier to do it with something outside of ourselves than it is with ourselves, I know. And that'll be okay to move. I sit up for a little while meditating and then I lay down. I got body stuff. Sometimes it hurts to sit in the same position so long. I'll even turn on my right side. I often start up and find myself reclining. By an hour and a half, I'm flat on my back, and another half an hour, I'm on my right side, and I'm still meditating. Let yourself be flexible to do what you need to do to take care of yourself as you're doing this. Don't, it doesn't have to be rigid. In other words, you can find ways to make it more nurturing, more comfortable, but yet stay focused and alert. That's the other key. Focused and alert. I've heard stories where people get up nice and early in the morning. They start to meditate, but they keep falling asleep. I say, you know, let me drink my coffee first. Instead of having the coffee want to pull me out of meditation, let me drink it first. And then all of a sudden it perks them up too, and then all of a sudden they can stay more focused during the meditation. Experiment, in other words. Find what works for you. Do it. Work with it. 
We didn't give you any rigid rules. This is how you got to meditate. We just said, go for the two and a half hours or 10% of the day. And the main thing is to simply keep your focus on the divine here at the seat of the soul as long as you can. And when you get distracted, just come back. Just come back. That's all we give. We say lay down, sit down, do whatever. Find what works for you. Set up a meditation room. Set up a meditation chair. Don't do any of that. I used to just meditate in the bed I slept in. I didn't used to have the space I could do it anywhere else. It doesn't matter. You don't have to light candles. You don't have to play music. And you can light candles. And you can play music. There's no anything in the outer to do this because this action of being in the loving is simply going inside. That's it. Going to where the loving resides, being in the loving, doing the loving, giving the loving, receiving the loving, and let it just live in you and through you and transform you from the inside out. That's it. The rest is up to you to figure out how that looks, how that sounds, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. It's all up to you. Give yourself the freedom. Jim and I have not made rules. Even this action of when we say if you are interested in initiation, yes, the meditation is the main thing, but we've recommended to not do drugs or alcohol. Recommendation, because it can support you in waking up in spirit, where those substances bring you more to sleep. But it's not making them wrong. Go ahead, go do drugs, go do alcohol. Have your experience so you know what that is. We don't make that wrong. It's not evil, it's not bad. Have your own experience. Find out for yourself. Don't run the guilt trip or the shame on yourself or on us. Because sometimes you'll blame us because of something we said and now you're making it law. That's not what we're doing. So remove all the laws. Everything Jim and I share is always recommendations, suggestions. We're just simply laying out this pathway and a practice that you can begin to experiment and find how it works for you. You don't have to do anything we're saying. You can do all of what we're saying. You can pick and choose what you want. It's a great smorgasbord. It really is. But also realize if you really want that greater benefit in this, then maybe begin to pick and choose a little more, a little more fully, a little more in depth, a little more time. Go for it. Find what that is. Be willing to stretch yourself, whether it's here in the world or whether it's just in your meditation and going for the two and a half hours. If you really want to serve God and be of service and do the greatest thing you can do in the world, spend 10% of the day in loving with God. Undivided attention. Yes, chant all day long, meditate all day long but also spend that time where all you're doing is focusing in the loving with God. Eyes shut. You're not doing something else. And if you're taking the words and saying, now it's like more of a have to or you should, excellent. If that's what gets you to go do the 10% of the day, great. If you hate me for it, great. Because I know if you do it, that loving's going to permeate and change all of it over time. That's the wonderful thing. Go ahead and do this in obligation. I know so many times I said, 
Don't do it in obligation. It's got to be a choice out of freedom. Well, if that's not where you're at right now, then do it out of obligation. Because eventually you'll get to the place where now it's a choice and freedom. Because that's what loving does. It dissolves all the obligations. It dissolves all the judgments, the fears, the restrictions. And we get to the freedom. We don't start in freedom. We're here because we're moving towards freedom. If we already were in the freedom, we wouldn't even need to be here. We wouldn't even be in this planet. And no, that's really what this is all about. Everything we're doing in ILM is simply about this meditation practice of taking time to be in the loving with God. That's it. That's it. That's all we're about. We're not about anything else. Nothing. Not about this wonderful ice cream social after we're done here. Not about the weekend workshops. Not about these classes. We're not about any of that. All of that other is just a wonderful way to get together to really learn about this pathway. But that's all we're doing here is learning about it. It's when we go take the time in the meditation, in that 10% of the day with God. That's what this is all about and that's it. All the other stuff is icing on the cake. And it's wonderful because I, I, I'm a people person. I love doing group stuff. I love community stuff. I love getting together and doing all the wonderful things we do. But that has nothing, nothing to do with your waking up and going home to God. As wonderful as the community is, and believe me, you guys have a wonderful community here. It's awesome. But if all you do is community activities, it's not going to wake you up to God. Now, it'll stir the loving in you. It'll build some wonderful relationships and friendships. And that's really nice. Because we all need that. So utilize it. But don't make ILM about community. Please. Every pathway of sun and light, sooner or later, folds. and is no longer a pathway and becomes a religion because people have gotten too focused into the outer circumstances. Even if it's a wonderful community. Say, oh, I love the community. I come here. And then the community becomes more important than going inside in meditation and spending time with God. See what I'm saying? And it's easy to happen when you've got such a wonderful, loving community. It's easy to happen. So always pay attention and be ever watchful. Why do you think it's a wonderful, loving community? Because people are meditating and getting in touch with the loving. That's why it's a wonderful, loving community. If you guys didn't meditate, you'd probably be a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> Seriously. It's true. That's why this is a great community, because you guys are doing the meditation. You are taking the time and being in the loving with God. That's why it's such a great community. All I'm saying is realize where that comes from, why it's a great community. Enjoy the community, but don't make it more important than spending time inside alone. It's great to do group meditations. It supports us. That's why we do it again, the weekend workshops like we did. But it's more important to take the time alone, not even with your spouse. If you want to do it with your spouse, that's great. This is about you and God, nobody else. Take the time alone. Just you and God. 
That's the core of this. That's what this is about. If you're here for other reasons, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm not going to make that wrong, like I said earlier. I don't care what motivates each of us. Like I said earlier, and I say it over and over, I wasn't interested in this when I started, but boy, what it brought me to is just magnificent. So it doesn't matter your reason. Whatever it is, it's wonderful. Honor it. Don't make it wrong. Start, start making yourself right. Start acknowledging yourself, giving yourself some credit. Start loving yourself instead of always judging yourself and thinking you're screwing up and you're not a good person. Just change it. Say, I am a good person. I do love myself. God, I even like myself. How about that? I like myself. What, are you kidding? Nope, I'm not. If you don't like and love yourself, then get busy. Stand in front of the mirror and start saying, I like me, I love me. Whatever it takes, start doing that. Start doing these things. Don't just sit around and wait for it to happen. You've got to take action. That's this whole thing of being responsible for your feelings, your thoughts, your actions and reactions. And we know all these things show up in meditation. They get in the way of that loving inside with God. So when it does, that's why we've got the toolbox CD, the whole LAF thing, the forgiveness meditation. Listen to that one CD set. Do the forgiveness. Do the affirmations to start loving yourself because often maybe that's deeper work we need to do to start changing and moving all that stuff that's so stuck inside that we've created over all this time through all of our fears and judgments. You do that, and then maybe you'll find that the meditation will be a little easier. Stretch yourself a little bit. This is a gentle, simple pathway, and it takes work. It takes effort. Stretch yourself. When you get uncomfortable, know you're on course, not off course. So many times we go by our intuition or our gut, right? Yeah, if it feels good, we're on course. If it doesn't feel good, we're not. You really know that? That's what I used to always think. And then I found a really big difference. Because some of these things that are uncomfortable are often the things that are blocking us from the greater experience of loving. And it doesn't mean we're off course. It just means we've got a little more loving to do inside of ourselves. Maybe that's what it means. Are you one of those people, I have been, and I'm sharing right now, that follow your intuition a lot and you get a lot of guidance, things work out great, and you're doing the same old thing and then something screws up big time? And you go, what did I do wrong? I was following my intuition like I always do. Uh, what did I miss? You start judging yourself. Well, maybe you're right on track all along, and now this was the next karmic lesson just coming down the road for you to experience. That's what I found. In truth, there's nothing we do wrong. Everything that it unfolds is simply an opportunity to really love, to come into greater awareness and understanding, to get over our judgments and fears. Anything that binds or restricts us. Anything. So, when you find the uncomfortable, get busy. Get busy loving, accepting, forgiving. When you have the wonderful blessings and the bliss and the joy, just be grateful. Just say, Lord, thank you. And realize that there's nothing wrong if right all of a sudden, now ten minutes later, all of a sudden the shit hits the fan. And you go, oh my God, what happened? What did I do? 
I was doing the loving and now all of a sudden it's horrible. Well, maybe in all that wonderful loving now, the loving's now bringing up the next thing to clear away so you can have even more loving and yet a greater experience of the divine. That's what I've discovered. And I know you will too. We all will. So I hope tonight what I'm saying is a motivator or something to help move the energy. That you really find a greater freedom and really honor your choices, your path. Acknowledge yourself. Do all the good things. Because then you'll reap the greatness that comes with it. Stop making the things Jim and I say, any rules. We all run it on each other. We're doing the loving thing and then all of a sudden we ramrod somebody next to us saying, well, Jim and Brian said, stop it, you guys. Just stop it. Stop doing what we said and just do the loving inside. It's not about what we said. We keep saying that. It's not about what we said and we keep saying that over and over. <laughs> Maybe I should just shut up. <laughs> A lot of the joy and the laughter comes because we do the work. You notice, you don't see me laughing when there's some really serious work to be done. You see me focused, participating, loving, accepting. And I'll be honest, I don't do much forgiveness these days. Why is that? Because I'm too busy loving and accepting. Why do you need to do forgiveness when you're living the loving? Just keep doing the living, the loving. As soon as you find yourself caught up in something, there's time for forgiveness. It's that simple. Instead of beating yourself up, just start loving it. It's so easy. As soon as you find the reaction coming up and you're upset, you just do the loving. Right away. Just start doing it right away. And a lot, I know a lot of you are finding that because many of you have shared with us where, oh my God, years ago, I would get upset and it would go on for weeks or months. And now, it's over in two days. And then after a little while, you go, my God, within two hours, I'm over it. That's progress. That's significant progress. From two months to two weeks to two days to two hours to two minutes to two seconds. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge that. I love you guys. Thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful trip. It's hard to believe it's been three weeks already since two weeks in here in Fort Wayne, but a week in Kalamazoo as well. There's been a lot of activities. It feels like three months almost. <laughs> well, Jim and I said, since we are not doing the appointments we used to, that we would do more events, didn't we? And we are. And we'll keep doing that. And listening to Brian's talk, it brought up a lot of my own process and memories of my actions and reactions with this practice of meditation and interaction 
with God and allowing myself to have a relationship with God. As a child, it was very easy to have a relationship. It was the natural thing to do because God was right there with me all the time. He was always present, always active, always allowing me to move into my own experience. And there was never any judgment one way or the other. It was just allowing me to have my experience. As I was growing up, though, and I began to be more involved in the world and began to take in a lot of the information that the world was sharing as well, I began to find that things would cause disturbance inside of me and made me go into doubt and wonder and even unworthiness. And I found that those things would stand sometimes between me and God in a, in, in a way that did not allow the fullness, did not allow the loving, did not allow the awakening to continue inside of me as I had had for so many years. And I even allowed myself to get caught up in this action of unworthiness and let things stand between me in such a way is that for a few months, 9, 10, 11 months, I went through a process with God and myself in great separation. And I just figured at the end of that time that that's the way it's going to be now. For whatever reason, I was either growing out of whatever it was I had been in or that things were changing and I wasn't going to have that same relationship anymore. And the more I dwelled on the fact that I was not going to have it, the more I wasn't having it. The more it seemed to be drifting away or pulling away or I was pulling away. And the more this whole energy of unworthiness started to rise up. And then, because I wasn't really spending the time in my meditation as I had before, and I wasn't really having the inner experience of knowing God personally, and living in that loving every moment of every day, I began to find that fear was beginning to run inside of me. And I didn't really understand this whole principle of fear and the way I began to live it until I began to go into separation. But then fear really began to run inside of me a lot. And one day I was fed up. I was fed up with God, I was fed up with myself, I was fed up with this practice, I was fed up. And so I just sat down and I was going to give up. I was just going to say, that's it, I'm done with this, I'm not going to try it anymore, I don't know what's happened, but I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to do the world now because of what's going on. And I feel so bad within myself about what has happened and that I've lost something that seems so precious to me that I just didn't even want to look at it. And I was, I was sitting there, and I was actually almost telling God goodbye. You know, I'm going to go to the world now. I can't do this anymore. It's too painful. I don't like these feelings I'm feeling. And all of a sudden, I heard inside of me a voice very, very clearly say, Fear not, for the Lord is with you. And when I heard that, I went, What? Inside. Here I am right here to you know, sign the divorce papers and you're saying something to me again? And I heard again, fear not, the Lord is with you. And I went, fear not? I'm not afraid of you. What do you mean, fear not? And I just heard once again, fear not, for the Lord is with you. 
And I began to look at that and I began to make that my new mantra. I had a lot of different mantras, if you will, or chants or statements I would say and meditate on over the years. I am one with the omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient God. I am one with all things, and just so on and so forth. I am the living, loving essence that I always knew I was up until that point. And so I began to just chant over and over, Fear not, for the Lord is with you. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. Until one day, as I was saying that, all of a sudden, I came face to face with my fear. With all this fear that just was resting inside of me and that was really not allowing me to expand and to open and to live in that flow of loving, of loving God and God loving me. And as I looked at that, I looked at the fear and I said, where, where did I get this? How did I take this on? Why am I believing this and carrying it and living it rather than the truth of what I've lived up until this point? And there was no answer. So I just began to look into the fear, like look into the face of it. And the first thing that happened to me is I became very afraid. I didn't want to see what I was going to see in my, my fear, what, what this fear was. I was afraid of the fear. And for days I would sit and I would start to do the practice of going into the fear to see, and I'd get up. I just get up. I, oh man, I can't handle this. It just got to be too close, too much, too pressure, too something. It was an irritating energy. It was a rubbing energy. You know, just coarse against coarse. It was just grinding inside of me, and I just couldn't take it. And finally, one day, I said, "You know, the only way I'm going to do this is to do it. I've got to go through the fear. I can't just keep looking at it." I've got to go into it. I've got to go through it and get past it to see what's really in there. What is it that's holding me back? Why am I afraid now? Am I afraid of God? Am I afraid of myself? Am I afraid of the world? What is this fear? So I sat there one day and I just began to once again say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I did not say fear not. I just said the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. And I just began moving in my consciousness towards that place inside where the fear resides. And as I moved towards that, and I kept saying, the Lord is with me, all of a sudden I began to find that the fear was backing off. As I approached it before, it stood there firm and solid and just, you know, challenging me. Come on. Let's fight. Let's look at this. Let's do this. Come on, I'll show you who's the boss. I'll show you who's stronger. But as I started moving toward it again in this instance, saying, the Lord is with me, the Lord is with me, instead of confronting me and holding me from going forward, it began to back off. And it was so funny because it was a very strange sensation to all of a sudden feel something that for the longest time was becoming a wall. It was a barrier for me. And I could not move through it. I could hardly approach it because of the energy of it. And here, all of a sudden, it was backing off. It was backing off. And I thought, all right, I'm making territory here. I'm gaining. I'm not losing. So for a while, 
for several days, it was that game. I would approach it. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. And I would feel that back off until finally I decided, you know, I'm never going to confront it. I'm never going to get it done if it keeps running away now. And so I decided this next time I would sit down, I would go into my process, and I would approach the fear, but I wouldn't say anything. I would not say anything. I wasn't going to say anything whatsoever. And I was just going to approach it in as much of my neutrality or loving or whatever you might call it as I could. And so I started to approach it. And I began to feel it come back towards me as resistance to stop me from moving forward. And I thought, okay, I'm going to just walk in it. I'm not going to resist it. I'm not going to fear it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to run away from it. I want to find out what's in the center of this. What is this? And so as I walked towards it, it began to engulf me. And I think it felt as though it was now going to take over because I wasn't fighting it. I was just allowing it. And so I could feel it. I mean, it was like, it was literally like walking through jello, just walking up and just kind of making your way into this gelatinous substance. It, was, it, had, it had energy to it. It had a substance to it. And I walked into it, and I had no idea what to expect, and I didn't know if I'd ever, ever come out of it again, but I just knew I couldn't live the way I was living. I was in misery. I was in separation. I wanted what I had before, which was a relationship with God, and I had lost it. And I was going to do whatever I could to at least find out why, what, how did it happen. And if possible, to find if there was a way to get it back again. I didn't know. So I walked into this energy of fear, and it began to engulf me. And I mean, I could literally feel it just kind of wrapping around my whole body. And when it closed in the back, I there was a moment, I mean, a little moment where I shook. It was like, oh, I don't know if I can get out. But then I just relaxed. I could feel my own fear coming up in the fear. I could feel it stirring in me. And I, oh, I, can, I can even feel it right now. That sensation that I had back then, that was weird. <clears throat> and when I felt it, and I realized I was going into my own resistance or my own fear and concern, I just relaxed and I said, you know, <clears throat> I want to know you. I'm not going to fear you anymore. You may be fear, but I'm not going to live in fear with you. And I just walked right into it. Now, I thought I'd find the center. Well, I didn't find a center point. I just found this, this energy. Just like I've always felt love, loving of God just moving like a river through me, through me and carrying me with it into greater experience. I felt this energy of fear and it was just this tension, just, oh my God, it was just an energy, like a short circuit of energy everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And I could feel myself getting caught up in this patterning of the movement of the fear. So as it was happening, I relaxed again. I did not allow myself to go into its movement, its frequency. And I just stood separate from it, as quiet as I could. 
not focusing on God, not focusing on fear, not focusing on anything, and allowing myself just to have the sensation of what was taking place, but not getting caught up in the sensation. And I think this was the very first time I'd ever really allowed myself the privilege to experience in this level, this depth. And as I did, I walked further and further into it, trying to find the center, the seed, the root, the meaning, what started it or whatever. And as I began to walk through it, all of a sudden, you know how jello, when it begins to get hot, it melts? It just started kind of liquefying. And I could, it, it, it felt looser. It, didn't, it wasn't so right on top of me and cramping me down. It was relaxing. And it was like melting away. And I thought, well, now I'm going to get to the center. I'm, I'm getting to something different here. Maybe I'm going to get to the center. You know, kind of like with a Tootsie Roll, you, you suck it and suck it and chew on it and chew on it until finally you get to that chewy center. Well, I thought maybe I was getting to the chewy center of fear. I don't know. So as I got into this and it started just melting away and opening, all of a sudden I found a place where there was nothing. There was nothing. There wasn't fear. There was nothing, nothing, nothing. And for a moment I thought, okay, I'm at the center. I should stop here. But something inside of me said, don't stop. Keep going. And the more I walked, the more it just collapsed and fell around me until it was gone. It was totally gone. And as it, as it was totally gone and I looked, I said, well, I don't understand. I never got to the seed. I don't know what caused the fear. And I heard a voice inside of me say, turn around and see what it is. And I turned around and there was nothing there. There was nothing. I said, well, where is it? I need to understand what this was that was blocking me. What was this thing called fear that was disturbing me so much and stopping me? And I heard the voice say, fear is nothing. Fear is only the power that you give it. And the more power you give it, the more power it has over you. When you take the power back, it has nothing that it can do but to dissolve and be the truth of what it really was in the beginning, which was you and your loving that was misdirected. When I heard that, I said, misdirected love? What did I do? How did I misdirect love? And so I meditated on that for quite a while. And I began to realize that as I was growing older, as the hormones kicked in, as I began to look out in the world more about the world, what I was going to be doing in the world, who I was going to be in a relationship and all that, I began to disconnect from that movement of loving and began to let my mind more direct me into all these different areas of my life rather than me just follow the loving. And I began to do it the way of the world. Well, what is the way of the world? It's fear. A lot of the things in the world is based on fear and is controlled in fear. And so I realized that the key here for me was to begin to do things differently and not to begin my day by listening to the mind and following the mind and the energy of the world so much, but get back in touch with that movement of loving that ever directed me as a child, ever guided me, ever took me forward, ever took me into situations where I experienced and learned and grew 
into the greater knowing of God and spirit and loving inside myself. And it was a battle inside of me for a little while. My mind didn't like it because my mind was beginning to have some authority. It was taking charge. And it did not like the fact that I now had recognized something that was taking place and pulling me away from my truth and into the untrue of the world. And I had a little bit of a battle for a while with my mind and my body consciousness, the emotions the, and the hormones and all that was going on as a teenager. 